You're listening to a Sun Life podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more information, visit sunlife.org.au. Enjoy the sermon. You know, isn't it true that um, there, there is something about food? You know, we, we love food, and, and Michael has no idea of what I'm preaching on today, and it's really great that uh, you brought that up. Uh, I actually got a message by one of you Sun Lifers during the week. Uh, you've, you've, you sent me this, this new place, Nguyen, in, uh, in uh, Netherlands, that you bun me and Vietnamese coffee, and that, that person kind of sent it to me saying, hey, you should check this out. Um, it's, it's interesting, hey? We, we love food, and I'm actually going to talk a bit about food later on. But before I do that, I just want to say this, welcome to Sun Life Church. If this is your first time here, uh, every week we're always seeing new, new faces and it's, it's really encouraging that you know, you're here and you're worshipping the Lord with us, right? And, and it's great. Uh, welcome. Um, we actually start our Connect Group ministry this week here. Uh, you'll hear me talk about that all the time at Sun Life Church. It is such a huge a part of the culture of Sun Life Church here. Now, here's the reason why. Um, When you get to a certain size in church growth, it it becomes very, very hard to know everyone. Like, we're no longer a family church where, you know, we we know each other. Like, even the baby, is it baby Olivia? You know, you may not even know uh, her parents. So what we're trying to do here at Sun Life Church in this season is to say this, is that the expectation of trying to know everyone at Sun Life Church is, is not going to happen. It can't happen, all right? But what we can do is we can know a group of people. And there, there are people in our small groups, in our connect groups. So at Sun Life Church, we meet up every week where we do life together. We apply the gospel together. We actually encourage each other to keep following Jesus we actually say, what, 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 do you, what, do you, what do you think that means? You know, how do you handle forgiveness? We just really try to apply the gospel together. And we meet weekly during school term. And we start our Connect Group ministry this coming week. I have to say this. Trent and I, we started a Connect Group last year. And, and by the grace of God, we've got around, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 people who we never knew last year. But now they're our family. Like, we love them, they love us, they take care of us. We need to be taken care of too. They're family to us, and it's, it was the best decision ever. So let me say this to you. If you're, you're journey here at Sun Life Church, I highly encourage you to find a small group. If you want to start a small group, also encourage you to start a small group, and I can help you start a small group. But the joy of this church, which is a growing church, is to be intentional in finding connection and community in our small groups and also in our serve team. Now, one more plug from me is that uh, tomorrow, tomorrow right here, every Monday during school term, we have our Monday learning space. And this is where we just learn the Bible. So it's not a connect group. All right, don't expect Brian, Brian, who's our teacher, he's like smart and he's amazing, he's a lot smarter than me. Uh, he's not going to call you up. He's not going to follow you up, right? I, I mean, I love Brian, but that's not what he's going to do. He's going to teach you Bible. And I believe that the series that we're doing uh, this term is on how to read the Bible and really understand interpretation of Scripture. Already it's at capacity. I think it's already 18 people, maybe more. Uh, yeah, Brian is saying that I'm only having two more places left. 
oh, really? I'm going to override Brian <laughs> and say, as the Spirit leads, if you want to go, just register and go, because I really want you to really love God through His Scripture. Is that okay, Brian? I'm sorry, mate. We can, we can talk. <laughs> I did not know. I did not know that. Anyhow, um, who's at that age? Who's at that age now um, where you're really thinking twice about what you're eating, okay? Like you're, you're like, you're avoiding giving into the immediate temptation because you are determined to stay focused on the long-term goal. <laughs> are you at that age? Well, I've got some of my favorite sweets and desserts up there. Like, you know, you, you offer me some of these sweets and I'm struggling. I'm at the age where I'm going, that, that, that chocolate cake is probably... 20,000 steps. <laughs> you know, are you with me? Like, you know, there's a certain goal that you really want, but the temptation before you is so great, and there is that tension. What do you do? Do you cave into the immediate temptation and forego the great joy of something in the future? See, there's a story of a man by the name of Victor Hugo, and you may know the story. Victor, he loved attending uh, dinner parties. And his good friends would always invite him to go to dinner parties, but he was also a very gifted writer. So the problem was that every time he attended these dinner parties, it stopped him from writing. And he loved to write. So he came up with this plan, and the plan was to lock away all his nice clothing into a closet and throw the key away. So that when his mates came asking him to go to this dinner party, he had nothing to wear, nothing nice to wear. So he said no to the dinner parties. And so he stayed home, and he, he wrote, and he wrote. And the masterpiece that he wrote that maybe you would know is The Hunchback of Notre Dame, because he refused to cave into the immediate temptation for the long-term goal of writing. I think a lot of us here today, we know that God has a lot more for us, a lot more than what takes place here on a Sunday. We know in our hearts of hearts, God wants us to enjoy Him more and more and more. And God wants us to experience His glory and His goodness. And I think the danger is that for a lot of us here, we are struggling to enjoy God because for some reason we do not want to sacrifice the things of the physical for the things of the spiritual. So over the next two, two months, sorry, two months, as a community of Christ followers, we're starting our series on spiritual disciplines. And when we look at things like solitude and Sabbath and fellowship and prayer, and my desire as your pastor, as your preacher, is to see every one of us fall in love with the practices of these disciplines so that we get to enjoy God more, that we experience more of His goodness and His glory whilst we're still here. Let me read you a quote from Dono Cogan. He says this, I go through life as a transient on His way, to eternity, made in the image of God, but with the image debased, needing to be taught how to meditate, worship, to think. So this morning here, I'm going to kickstart the series on teaching us the spiritual discipline of, are you ready? Fasting. Fasting. That's why I was saying, what a, what a coincidence that we've been talking about food. Fasting. I'm going to talk about what is fasting, when to fast, and how to fast. Let me pray, 
and we'll study and learn together. Father God, I pray now that as I begin to start this new series here, that you would help me teach this well. Holy Spirit, I need your wisdom, I need your strength, I need your creativity as I deliver your word. So would you rest upon me, would you use me to teach to your people? Would you help us, Lord, as your followers to lean in, to open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to receive your word? Bless this time. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Are you ready? What is fasting? You know, I read somewhere recently that fasting is like the kale of spiritual discipline. It's kale. Like, we all know kale is good for us, but not a lot of us will select it from the menu, right? Over the last 13 years of preaching here at Sun Life Church, as your primary communicator, this is the first time I'm teaching on fasting. When can you remember the last time you heard someone teach on fasting? We don't hear it often in the church today. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's because of the fact that we live in a culture where we are always surrounded by food. We're always talking about food. And every time we find a new cafe pop-up, we want all our friends to go there and enjoy the food. Every time we catch up, it's always over food. In fact, for some of us here, we even label ourselves as a foodie. Is that right? I'm a foodie. Okay, great. And now we live in a culture where before we enjoy our meal, we grab out our phone and we take photos of it, right? And we post it online with the hashtag InstaFood or foodie. Is that right? And maybe the culture we live in today is that we are more concerned with feasting than fasting. Would you agree with me? And that could be the reason why in the local church we do not hear this topic preach a lot. And maybe it's because it's a topic that when you hear the preacher talk about it, already you go, oh, this is not for me. I don't want to listen to this because I love my food because I'm a foodie, right? But the problem is this, is when I read Scripture, when we read Scripture throughout the Bible, we see God's people fasting. Throughout the whole Bible, Daniel is fasting, Moses fasting, Esther fasting, Nehemiah fasting, Get to the New Testament, our Lord Jesus Christ is fasting. Get to the book of Acts, we see the apostles fasting. Look into church history, we see the early Christians, people like Martin Luther, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Jonathan Edwards, Charles Spurgeon, and the list goes on and on, and they are fasting, and God would do something miraculous in their situation. So what is fasting? Well, let me tell you what fasting is. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word used for fasting is the same. It simply means this, to abstain from eating. It is to go without food for a period of time for a spiritual purpose. That's my kind of working definition of fasting, is to go without food for a period of time for a spiritual purpose. I've got to make the emphasis, it's food, because there's a tendency today and look, there's nothing wrong with it, but today we're hearing a lot of people say, well, fasting is I'm um, stop watching TV and I won't go online and I won't shop and I'll fast from social media and I'll fast from picking up my mobile phones. I get that. I can see why that is relevant. I get it. But if you want to be true to Scripture, to what the Word of God is saying, biblical fasting is to go without food, to not eat for a spiritual purpose not for a physical purpose, all right? 
we're not fasting because we realized we had too much to eat during that Christmas New Year break. So therefore, what a great opportunity to fast. No, no, that's not the meaning behind biblical purpose. It is a spiritual purpose. There is a situation that's before you and you are fasting. Because I don't know about you, but these days on my social media feed, for some reason, I don't know, every now and then I get an ad or a, something about intermittent fasting. Are you getting that? It's like, it seems like it's the trend right now that people want to fast because they've realized they're eating too much and they want to reduce the calories and get a bit more fit. Look what Amy Richer, she says this, intermittent fasting is currently one of the world's most popular health and fitness trends. Research shows that this different type of eating pattern can help you with weight loss, improve metabolic health, manage stress, help protect against disease and other conditions, and perhaps even help you live longer. And because of that, it's such a popular thing right now. It's a trend. People are fasting. But if you look carefully with that definition of fasting, it's a physical purpose, not a spiritual purpose. You understand that, right? And here's the thing. You cannot hit two birds with one stone. You can't enter into fasting and say, well, I'm going to fast because, you know what, I want to lose some weight and I want to be close to God, so therefore I'm going to fast. God sees right through to your heart. And God wants you to understand that fasting is purely a spiritual purpose, not physical. What is God telling you? What is God doing inside of you that you go, well, I need more of God, therefore I'm not going to eat. There are some passages which I want to take you to. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 6. Now, this is the passage where Jesus is teaching on fasting in the Sermon of the Mount. Now, what's very interesting, if you know Matthew 6, at the very beginning of that chapter, Jesus teaches on what? Prayer and giving. And then He moves to fasting. So, you have time, you can read chapter 6 during the week. But I want to take us to verse 16. Jesus says this, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Do you notice the text? It's not if you fast. No, no, the text says what? When you fast. Jesus was assuming that His disciples would be fasting, just as He would previously assume that the disciples would be what? Giving to the poor and praying to the Father. Now, it's important to understand this. Listen carefully. Jesus does not command fasting. There is no biblical references in Scripture that says that you must fast. Fasting is not a command. There are many commands in the Bible, all right? Commands are, are non-optional. For example, love your neighbor. That's a command, not optional, okay? Honor your parents. That's a command, not optional. Flee from sexual temptations and sin, that's the command, not optional. But when it comes to fasting, there's no command. Nevertheless, in saying that, listen carefully, Jesus expects that since He is fasting, all those who've made the decision to follow Him should fast. Over the years, a lot of pastors would go down the path and say this, since it's not a command, it's now optional. Therefore, that's the reason why we do not practice fasting. The only problem with that argument is that when you go to Matthew 6 and later on Matthew 9, 
Jesus expects that if you've made the decision to follow Him, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you will practice the discipline of fasting. And I want to stand here before you and say this, as your pastor, is that that's an area that I struggle in. I'm not a perfect leader. I'm not a perfect follower. And I felt so convicted and so convinced in my study during the week that that's an area that I need to pursue this year here. I do fast, but I want to be challenged to fast even more because I want more of God. I want to enjoy Him even more. And because I'm following Him, I want to fast just like Him. Now, if you have your Bible, go with me to Matthew 9. Here's the second key passage in fasting. And from verse 14 and 15, there's a situation where the disciples of John the Baptist, they're asking Jesus, how come, how come your disciples are not fasting, Jesus? What's going on? Now, look at the reply here. Here we go, verse 14. Then John's disciple came and asked him, that's Jesus, how is it that we, that's the disciples of John the Baptist, and the Pharisee fast, but your disciples don't fast? And now look what Jesus would say in verse 15. Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. Can you see in the text? Jesus is saying this, When I leave, I'm with them right now. There's no need to fast. But when I leave, in other words, after my death and resurrection and ascension to heaven, when I leave in the time of waiting for my return, during that time, that's when they would fast. And guess what? We are in that time. We are waiting for the return of Jesus. That means there's an expectation now that we, as we wait for His return, we ought to be fasting. I want to encourage us as a church that this year we're going to, we're going to fast. And I'm going to show you what that looks like. But I want, to, I want to say that I want to encourage you as your pastor that fasting is biblical, is important if we want more of God. If we want to experience His glory more, His goodness more, we need to start fasting. Richard Foster, in his amazing book, Celebration of Discipline, he says this, There is no way to escape the force of Jesus' words in this passage. He made it clear that he expected his disciples to fast after he was gone. We are to fast. So what is fasting again, friends? It is to what? To go without food for a period of time for what? A spiritual purpose. Amen? Now, when do we fast? Here it is. There's a book written by Don Whitney, and the book is called Spiritual Disciplines. And he began to look at all the time in Scripture when people would fast. And I want to show you on this uh, next slide here. It's also in your app and church notes. Look at the different times where God's people would fast. Strengthening earnest prayer. Oh, they want to see more power in their prayer. They would fast. Seeking God for guidance. They're fasting. Seeking God for like protection or deliverance, they would fast. Grief, someone has died. Sorrow, they would fast. They're humbling before God, they would fast. Or they're really messed up and they're repenting and they're expressing repentance, they would fast. Or they're about to embark in God's work concerning God's work, they would fast. There's a temptation before them, they want to overcome the temptation, they would fast. They love God, they express their joy and devotion towards Him, they would fast. As they minister to people, they would fast. 
you notice the pattern? The pattern is this, is that every time God's people fast, they needed Him. And it's always attached with some form of prayer. See, fasting, most of the time, will go with prayer. Sometimes worship, sometimes meditation in the Word of God. Fasting without prayer, depending upon God, I, I think you're just going hungry. All right? I don't know what that is. All right? But in the text here, in the Scripture here, what we notice is that God's people needed Him. They're desperate for Him. It's a situation, and they're saying, God, I need your help. God, I need you to guide me. God, I need your mercy. And there's this increase in dependence upon God. When you fast, you humble yourself. You're depending upon God. You say, God, in my hunger, in my weakness, I am reminded that I need your strength. Therefore, I seek you. God, more of you, please. God, you're sovereign. You're in control. I'm not. You're powerful. I'm not. You're God. I'm not. God, I really need you. I'm serious about this matter here. Seriously, God, I really need you. I'm fasting because I want to seek you. That's why we fast. You see, sometimes in our prayer, we're praying to God and God hears it and God loves it. But there's a situation where there's a crisis, whether you've lost someone, you're mourning, you're repenting, you're about to minister, there's temptation. You take it to the next level and you say, God, I'm very serious about this. This situation before me, I'm going to pray, but I'm also going to fast because I want you to know that in my weakness, I'm depending upon your strength and I cannot do this without you. So we fast. And that's why we fast. Uh, Thomas Terence says this, We might think of prayer with fasting as knocking loudly on the gates of heaven. We resort to fasting out of a deep sense of our weakness and need in order to seek God in a more urgent, earnest, heartfelt manner for the, something of great importance. Friends, is there something right now where you go, actually, I need to fast? Is there something right now where you say, God, I've been praying, but I believe that I need to take it to the next level, and I want you to know how serious I am about this, and I'm going to fast? And so, what does that look like if you want to start fasting? Because I have been around this church long enough to know this, and I say this all the time, is that Sunday is great, and it's Sunday best. I look down here, we're all looking good, we're all smiling. But I know that every one of us here, there are things that we're struggling with. Is there something right here that God is saying, yeah, you need to fast? So what does that look like? Let me tell you how to fast. Some practical things to fast. Here's the first thing. Be simple. Keep it simple. Start it simple. Remember, you can't run, right, before you learn to walk. Is that okay? So right now, if you're going, all right, Pastor Ben, I want to fast. I'll say this, keep it simple, all right? Maybe, here's a suggestion, maybe skip one meal, one meal a week. How many meals do you have a week? I don't know, three meals a day times seven, that's 20 plus meals. Maybe skip one meal a week. And when you skip that meal, make sure you're drinking fluids, lots of fluids, whether it's juices or water, but start off by skipping one meal a week and do that for several weeks, maybe a month or two. And as you begin to work up the ability to fast more, you might move to two meals a week. But you start simple. 
Don't go, well, Pastor Ben, I'm so inspired by your word and, and your teaching here, I'm going to start fighting for the whole of next week. Uh, don't do that, because there's a very good chance that one of the doctors here will see you in ED. <laughs> don't do that. Okay? Start simple. Start small. And work your way to a day-long fast where you're skipping three meals, okay, a week for a period of time. But don't get carried up and think that, well, the longer I fast, the more I fast, the more spiritual I am. No, no, no. Start simple. Work your way towards it. When I fast, I drink a lot of juices, okay? And I will drink a lot of apple juice or orange juice, and I just do that to make sure that I get my vitamins and what I need to get into my body. So if you're going to start fasting this week because there's something on your heart that God wants you to pray and press into, my advice, if you've never done it before, keep it simple. Skip one meal a week for a month or so. Number two, be intentional. Very, very important. Here, if you're fasting, right, and you're hungry, don't park your car outside Macca's or Krispy Kreme. That's not wise. Be intentional. Where are you going to be when your stomach starts churning? All right? And what we see in the text is that the time when you're fasting, it should be intentional time of what? Praying. Is that right? Reading scripture, worshiping, pursuing God, meditation. So the time that you would usually prep a meal or the time that you would usually eat the meal, that's the time you set aside to pray to God. Your intention with that time. You're telling God the things inside your heart, the things that you need God to help you with. That's what I mean by being intentional. Don't just go, well, I'm going to fast, and then during that time, you have no idea what you're doing. You're just wandering around, going to the staff room, lunch room. It's, it's not going to help. Be intentional. Set your days. Okay, on that particular day, I'm going to fast lunch. So when that day comes around, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray specifically for what my family wants me to pray. Make sure it's intentional. Number three, be creative. Now, what I mean by that is this, in the text, in the scriptures, what we notice, there's many types of fasting. So you've got the Daniel fast, which is more of a partial fast. If you remember in the book of Daniel, there were certain meats that he didn't eat, wines he didn't drink. There's partial fast. Then we have what you call complete fast, like Moses, Jesus, nothing. I mean, Moses, 40 days. I mean, 80 days, sorry. Jesus, 40 days. You have complete fast. And then you have fasts which last only one day or one meal. There's many different types of fasting in the Bible. And then you see certain fasts which are done with a community. The nation fast. Remember during Esther's time, all the Jews fast together. So fasting can be done with your family with your loved ones, husband and wife, you can fast together. If you're praying for your children, why don't you fast and pray together? Connect groups, you can fast together. Sun Life Church, we can fast together, and I'll talk a bit about that later on. But can I just say this about fasting together? Here's my advice here. Um, go with me to Matthew 6. 16 to 18. This is what Jesus says. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Verse 17, but when you fast, 
put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You notice that? Fasting with other people in your connect group or in your church, right, should not be obvious. It's not a performance, all right? Do not fall into the trap to think that, well, because I'm fasting more than you, I'm more spiritual than you. There's a danger that leads to pride. Is that right? We've got to be very, very careful. If you want to do a 40-day fast like Jesus, good on you. If you want to do an 80-day fast like Moses, good on you. I don't need to know about it. The church don't need to know about it. All right, ladies, if you're going out with a Christian guy and he's ordering just water and you're waiting for your three-course meal and he tells you he's spiritual and he's fasting, that's a red flag. Leave him (laughs) as your pastor. Just go in the name of Jesus. All right? It's showing off. The Bible is very, very clear here. We are to what? We are to make sure no one knows it. You You don't rock up into your Sunday morning worship and you put on this face and it's like, you know what, I'm fasting, I'm angry, and I don't want to know about it. Leave me alone, okay? I have enough problems myself, right? And so Jesus says, don't be like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Don't do that. Amen? Amen. Okay. Number four, uh, be mindful. Be mindful. Consider those around you when you fast. Remember... The Bible is very clear. We have to love God, yes, sir, and love who? One another. Okay, so when you're fasting, listen carefully, it is not a license to be unloving. Okay? So, for example, if someone you know is getting married, all right, next weekend, don't start the fasting next weekend. Be loving. They, they want you to eat their food. They want you to enjoy their whatever, all right? Be loving. All right, if you, listen, if you're always eating lunch with your friends, all right, eating lunch with your friends, and you decide to start a fast, let them know that you're fasting, all right? Don't just rock and go, yes, I'm not eating anymore, and then disappear. That's not loving. Do you understand that, right? You can tell them, hey, you know what, I'm going to start a fast because I'm praying for these things for my church, for myself, and I'm not going to be around having lunch, but I'll be in the other room praying and seeking God. That is loving. Don't just, you know no show, disappear, and come back. And they're going to question what happened. You know, did one of us offend you? Did one of us hurt you? Be mindful. Is that okay? Lastly, be wise. Wisdom. If you're pregnant, if you're taking any form of medication, or have any health issues, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart complications, here's my advice. Speak to your GP. Is that right? Speak to your medical professional. I believe that most people with good health, right, we have no issues fasting for days, right, as long as we're taking in water and juices. But if you're not, if you're unsure, be wise. If you plan to fast for maybe a week or two and you have certain health problems, be wise and please speak to a medical professional. If you cannot find a doctor, they're most likely all here at Sun Life Church, (laughs) right? You can find them. All right? Be wise. I want to wrap up by saying this. Is that I love pastoring this church. I do. I love pastoring this church. I love teaching. I love communicating. 
But my end goal in what I teach and say is to draw you closer to God, to love God, to enjoy God. He really wants you to enjoy Him. There's much more to the experience of enjoying God here on a Sunday. We are to enjoy God every day, every day. When we wake up, we should enjoy God. He's good. And for some of us here, there are certain disciplines that we've got to rework on. And fasting, I believe, is one of those. Maybe, maybe right now, there is someone that you've been praying for. You know, I've pastored this church for many years now to know that there's lots of pains, lots of hurts in our church. We're not a perfect church. We're definitely not a perfect church. I'm not a perfect pastor. I've said this to you many times. If you know half as much as what God knows of me, you would not want to hang around Sun Life Church. I'm not perfect. But I'm so glad that I have a God who loves me, who always reminds me to just keep working on the areas I need to work on. And maybe for some of us here, listen carefully, you're praying for a breakthrough, praying for your visa, praying for your child who left the faith and you want that child to come back to the house of God. You're praying for your marriage. You're praying for your financial situation. Maybe it's a health issue that you're facing. Whatever the situation, whatever it is before you, when you realize, well, I've been praying and I've been praying, but maybe I have to start fasting to let God know that I'm really serious about this, that God, I trust you. And here's the thing with fasting. I know a lot of you here, you're very intellectual. I know a lot of you here, you, you, you might think that this is just ridiculous. But that's where faith comes in. That's where you go. It doesn't make sense. So I'm going to trust God because if it's in Scripture, there's authority in Scripture here. And I'm going to trust God that I'm going to start fasting for this area because I really need God. I need God to help me here. This situation here has brought me on my knees. So I'm going to start fasting and fasting and fasting. I want you to do it. I really do. I want you to just grow in your faith. Because there's a faith that God says that we are to grow in. And that faith, I believe, starts with prayer and fasting and being in His Word. What is God saying to you, Sunlight Church? Is there a situation where you're like, yeah, I need to take this up in prayer and fasting? And my challenge to you is you start this week. Don't just do it once and that's it. Be persistent. Tell God, God, I'm really serious here, God. I'm really serious about this and I need you. And without you, I can't do this, God. I want you more than I want food. I need you more than I need food. I need your help. I need your wisdom. I need your direction. I need your mercy. God, this is what I need, and I'm serious about this. Take it up in fasting. Maybe skip one meal. And in that half an hour, get on your knees and worship Him. Pray to Him and see what he would do. I want to just say one last thing before I wrap up, is that I cannot guarantee you as your pastor that your fasting will lead to the outcome that you desire. It is a trap to think that in fasting we'll get God to do whatever we want Him to do. We cannot manipulate God in prayer or fasting. But I tell you what you will get when you start fasting and praying. You will get God you'll get more of God. You'll enjoy His presence. 
and you let God do what God needs to do because God is in control and He is sovereign. His will will always be greater than your will and my will. John Piper, in his book, Hunger for God, he says, this fasting is not first offered to God that we might be paid back because of it. No, it is first given by God that we might benefit from it, that He might be glorified through it. That we get to enjoy God and honor God. What is God telling you to do this morning, Sunlight Church? Is there someone or something that you need to fast and pray to? My challenge to you, my encouragement to you, is commence fasting. Wives, don't give up on your husband. Husbands, don't give up on your wives. Parents, don't give up on your children. Ministry leaders, don't give up on the people that God has given you. Pray for them. Maybe fast and see God do what He needs to do. Amen. Let me pray for us. You know, as always, what we want to do here at Sun Life Church is create a space for people to come, to pray, to receive prayer. So maybe what we can do right now is that if there is something pressing in your heart, if there's a situation, maybe you're grieving right now, there's sorrow, there's pain. Maybe there's a temptation, an addiction that you want to overcome. Maybe there's hurts in your family. You know, there is no shame here at Sun Life Church. And we want to be an authentic church. Then I want to offer this to you, that people want to stand with you and pray with you. So what we're going to do here is that during the next response song, if you need prayer, please come forward to both sides here and there'll be people praying for you. And I hope that these people will remind you and encourage you to fast for whatever it is that you're facing. And I want you to know that you don't do this alone, that we do this as family, as we do our best to keep following Jesus. Amen. So let me pray and I'll get the worship team to lead us in the time of worship. And I'll invite anyone here for prayer to come forward and there'll be some leaders praying for you. Father God, thank you for so much for your word. Thank you so much for teaching us the beauty of fasting. And I pray that as a community, we just keep trusting you for whatever is before us. I know there's lots of hurts, a lot of pains in this church. I know this is not a perfect church, but I'm so glad that we have you and we have one another. So Lord, I pray God that you will help us to overcome whatever's before us. And for anyone here this, this morning that needs prayer, Lord, I pray for them. Would you help them? Would you come into that space and deliver them? They're crying out for mercy. Would you grace upon them? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.